Before we go on, let us all rise for another greeting and a prayer. Stretch our legs. Let some blood out to our brains and so that we'll be able to think a little bit more. Oh Lord, our Heavenly Father, we're so thankful this morning for everything that you are to us, everything that you have done. Father, we pray that we could somehow give it back to you, Lord. We are yours. Father, we pray that you would do have your way with us. Lord, have your way with us. Help us to be wise, to walk circumspectly before you, not as fools, but as wise men. Lord, we pray that you open up thy word to us, Father, and we pray that we would be hearers to your word this morning. We pray that you make it plain to us what your will is for our lives. Father, this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Today I want to open up and read a scripture from Ephesians chapter 5. I want everyone that sees a Bible in front of you, or if you brought your own, that's good. Or if you have one on your phone, that's better than nothing. I will read Ephesians chapter 5, 1 to 21, and I want you all to follow along, if you may. And keep the Bible open in front of you, because we will reference back to these scriptures. The title for this message today is Thanksgiving Every Day. Thanksgiving every day. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. And again, it follows almost the same lines that Brother Dave wrote in uh, or uh, read in Colossians chapter 3. Almost word for word, he is exhorting in the same line of thoughts. So this will go well together. Be therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also had loved us and had given himself for us as an offering and sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become its saints. I always marvel when it says, let it not be once named among you. Because it hasn't been named among me personally. But let us not have that reputation of these things. So it's, it's very concise here. Let it not be once named among you. As become a saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting and that translates to coarse jesting. It's not speaking against a man with a sense of humor that knows where to put it. Such a man is sometimes a breath of fresh air, a man with a sense of humor. But it's speaking about coarse jesting, and sometimes with a lot of people there's a fine line there. We need to walk carefully and not be known as a person of jesting. That is not serious. Sometimes it is profitable to bring uh, a word, uh, a humorous word in to uh, sometimes when when things are a little bit um, stressful for someone to bring in uh, a jesting word. 
it fits in nicely at times. But let us not be known as a person that is full of coarse jesting, which are not convenient, but rather we should be known for a person that is known for giving of thanks, a thankful person. And we will get back to this verse. Verse 5, For this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, had any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Verse 6, Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. For you were sometimes in darkness, but now are you Light in the Lord, walk as children of light. We will also come back to this verse. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of things, of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is access, but be filled with the Spirit. Verse 19. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in the heart, in your heart, to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things. Giving thanks always for all things. Unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Amen. Now I want to ask you, we're, we're, uh, we're quick to pull out here, um, verse, um, the one that speaks about thanksgiving in verse 20, giving thanks always for all things here in this season. But I do not want to all just speak of verse 20 today, even though that is my theme. But how many of these words here are these words for certain seasons or every day? And I'm not speaking against this season. I love Thanksgiving. It's an opportunity to get together with family, spend time together. But it's also reflection and looking back on this year, what the Lord has done in our lives, how much he has abundantly blessed us. But my, uh, my whole point in this is that we may live lives that are every day looking back to what the Lord has done in our lives. And the lives of others, the lives of our family, and the lives of our church. Let's have a show of hands how many people have asked you the last two days, how was your Thanksgiving? We're not out much, so maybe not many of, many of us, but as I know when I get back to the office on Monday morning and I'll start making telephone calls, that is one of the first things you talk about. 
especially people and acquaintances that you know. How was your Thanksgiving? It's good. It's a good question. What are they asking? This is an extremely predictable question, and it's a way to start a conversation. How was your Thanksgiving? It is mostly concerning about the day that we had two days ago. They are asking, or you are asking, how your day was. Did you have a good time? What did you eat? Did you have uh, things? Did you have a turkey? What did you have for dessert? What time did you eat? Where, where did you go for the day? Did you spend time with the family? How far did you have to drive? How were the roads? Was there a lot of traffic? This is just small talk. Bear with me. But for most people, that is the extent of their Thanksgiving. And sadly, that is all they have. But it is not so with us as Christians. Hopefully, we have more than this day. That is my whole point. Hopefully, we have more than just this day to be thankful, to think of, uh, of Thanksgiving. This morning, I want to ask you in the present sense, we want to direct it to ourselves. How is your Thanksgiving? And I'm not asking about the day. I'm not asking about the celebration. I'm asking, how is your Thanksgiving? And answering that question honestly before God, you don't have to tell it to me, Asking, answering that question before God will also tell you of your maturity in the Lord. Are you a man known for thanksgiving and, and, uh, and gratitude? Are you a man known that's always grumbling and complaining about things? In verse 19, it says, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto the Lord, our God, and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here Paul is emphasizing very often not only the importance of thanksgiving in his epistles, but that it is expected as part of our Christian package. It is expected. Uh, Colossians 2, verse 6 and 7. You don't have to go there, but I'll quickly read it. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus as the Lord, so walk ye in, in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Gratitude is something that the Holy Spirit produces in us. It's a joy. It's a byproduct. It's, it's in us. It's, it's thankful. It's gratitude. And the verses that Brother Dave spoke, Colossians 3.15, And let the peace of God rule in our hearts, to the which ye are also are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Uh, Brother John D. Martin spoke about 
these hymns and spiritual songs, that they should be very much part of our praise and thanksgiving every day, every morning. And I was convicted of that because singing is not that much a part of our family as it should be. I'm not saying it isn't. I'm just saying it's. I was convicted of it. Thanksgiving should be part of our daily lives in singing uh, in hymns and psalms. I, and also in Philippians 2, chapter verse 14, Philippians 2, 14, Do all things without murmuring and disputings, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine in lights in the world. This verse says, All things without grumbling, murmurings, or disputings. One of the marks of a mature Christian is one of thankfulness and contentedness. One of the marks of immature and weak Christian is grumbling, murmurings, and disputings. With children, this is almost expected and normal, but it is not so with you. Christ has an expectation that we should not be ones to grumble and murmur or complain. Romans one twenty one speaks of these immature, soulish Christians. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither, neither were thankful, neither were thankful, but become vain in their imagination, and their foolish heart was darkened. As you read uh, Paul's epistles, it is clear to understand that thankfulness is one of the key evidences of a heart that has been transformed by the grace of God. Here in Romans 1.21, it is clear to see that one of the key evidences of an unconverted and worldly heart is unthankfulness. That is not to say that unconverted people cannot choose to be thankful. They can, yes. Indeed, many people choose to take the time to reflect and be thankful, especially this specific time of the year. You do not have to be transformed by the grace of God to, be, to choose to be thankful. Alastair Begg said it like this. What Paul is saying is that it is impossible for a person to be embraced by the grace of God to understand and recognize what he has done for a person in and through the Lord Jesus Christ, for thankfulness not to be one of the marked characteristics of genuine Christian faith. It is impossible for us to be enlightened, for this attribute not to be part of who we are. So it is a sign that we are changed, that we are born again, that we have been transformed by the Lord, that we are thankful in all things, in all things. Everybody's thankful when things are going good. But not everybody is thankful when things are going bad. Paul is reminding the Christian, these are those that have professed to know God. Those are those that have been buried in baptism. Paul is saying, this is who you are. This is your profession already. Live it out. Live it out now. It is not in the process of doing these words that you will be transformed by the grace of God. 
It's saying that you have already been transformed and that the heart of God in you wants to perform these as fruits. These are a byproduct. These are fruits by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Because you dear ones in Ephesus and you dear ones here in Altona Church, because you have believed in the gospel, because you have trusted in Christ, because you have understood God's grace in all its truth, let me remind you, since you have this new life in the Lord Jesus Christ, your new lifestyle will bear testimony to your new life. It is the reality of the life of Christ which is then evidenced in the lifestyle. It is not the series of exhortation to try to do these things whereby you might be accepted by God. At one time, these people lived as pagans. At one time, we lived as pagans in our hearts. We did pagan things. Now he says you are Christians, and so now you do Christian things. Is this reality among us, dear ones? Do we find the life of Christ being manifested in our beings? If not, are we concerned about it? If we're concerned about it, it is the Holy Spirit in us convicting our hearts to seek after God, how we might change that. If we're not concerned about it, then I'm sorry, something's wrong. We can always do something if you have concern about a life that is not in reality before God. If, you have, if you're not concerned anymore, then we are in trouble. If we are concerned, there is hope. If not, then the life of Christ is hardly alive in us. And left unchecked, it will hardly resurrect us, our being, if we depart this world this way. Paul exhorted us to be thankful here, there in the end. And not only to be thankful, but let's look at the context of how he used it. These are instructions to not only be thankful, but in the first verse it says, therefore, it was leading up to chapter 5. These things, are, these things are what you have already professed and are already are. In, uh, in, if we quickly go back to Ephesians 4.17, he is reminding us, in verse 17, this I say, therefore, and tes testify in the Lord, that ye henceforward walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their minds, having the understanding dark and being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to walk, to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ, if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by them, as the truth is in Jesus, that he put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful loss, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after, Christ, after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. The big point in all this is that you have put on the new man. This is your profession already. This is the profession that most of us have in this room, that we have put on the new man. You have professed to already be the following things. Paul is reminding and saying, I want you to live out what you already are. 
we will quickly go over these highlighted verses in in uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. And this is where I want you to follow along. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. It reminds us that we are already followers of God. In verse 2, it says that we are to walk in love and give our, yourself as a sacrifice that will give off a sweet-smelling savor. In verse 3, fleeing fornication, uncleanness, and covetousness, also saying these should not be named once among us. And in verse 4, neither filthiness, foolish talking, and coarse jesting, but what? But rather giving of thanks. Verse 5 again reiterates that these are all, these all have no place in the kingdom of heaven. And in verse 6, that we should not be deceived with vain words, nor be partakers of those that turn the commandments of God into easy believism, who say they believe God but don't do the commandments of God, but they have itching ears that reap to themselves preachers that say what they want to hear. In verse 7, it says that we should not be partakers of them, with them. Verse 8 again reminds us that we should we were sometimes in darkness, but are now reflecting the light of the Lord, that we should walk in as children of the light. Why? In verse 9, it answers for the fruit of, for the fruit of the Holy Spirit in us produces, and produces is key here, goodness, righteousness, and truth. It is it's a fruit in us. It it it, it just bubbles out. In verse 10, it will prove what is acceptable to the Lord. What will? The living Holy Spirit in us will be proving these things. Verse 11 reminds us that we should not have fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them so that they don't have cause a stumbling block to others. Reprove means to expose them in front of others so that nobody walks into these traps. Verse 13, everything that is confessed and exposed, or verse 12, says that once we expose these secret things, it will be shameful to speak of them. And everything that is confessed and exposed is open to the light of the Holy Spirit of God, which lives and reigns in us. If we confess the secret sin, it will no longer be hidden and faster, but will be open to the healing forgiveness of God. And brothers and sisters, if you find yourself having backslidden, don't only tell it to God, share it with a brother or brothers, plural, so that it be exposed in front of the church, that you may be able to walk. Something that remains hidden, sin that remains hidden, remains in darkness. It's a very important key point. As long as it's in darkness... It cannot receive the light. I used to be a big advocate of something, oh, we only have to share it to the Lord, say it to the Lord. And yes, I'm not denying that. At the Lord, we don't have to go to the certain preachers for them to forgive our sins, but it's important that we expose that sin 
before the council of the brethren, before witnesses, so that the enemy doesn't come back and hold it up in front of us. Expose it. Expose it. Put light upon it. Put light upon that sin so that the Christ Jesus can receive, can come in and give you light. It's powerful. Once you confess sin, it's totally different. And yes, the Lord, you can confess it to God, but it's sometimes people have a struggle and struggle and struggle until they actually sit down with a brother or sister and expose it in front of witnesses. Verse 14, for this reason we see in verse 14, wake up, wake up from the deadness of secret sin and wallowing in the shame. Wake up, repent, confess, and Christ will shine a strong light upon you. His light should and will shine upon you. Verse 15, once you walk, walk very carefully as a wise man would, not a foolish, uncaring man. A man is known on how he walks, if he walks seriously, carelessly, or if he's known for walking carelessly and jestingly. Learn to redeem the time the Lord has given you. Verse 16, the days are evil. Learn to redeem the time the Lord has given you. And that is very key here. The Lord has given it to you. It's a gift. The enemy as a roaring lion walks about waiting to ensnare us again, pulling us back into the previous life. Why should we redeem time? Because we don't have any to waste. We do not have any to waste. There is no time like the present. We are not promised any other time than right now because the days are evil. Number 70 in Jonathan Edwards' resolution list was this. Never to lose one moment of time, but to improve it in the most profitable way I possibly can. And that's why we hear of Jonathan Edwards. Otherwise, we, have never, we would have never heard of him. He would have not made an impression on anyone. But it's resolutions like that that made him known. And it's not anything new. He was just being obedient to verse 16. We don't have any time to waste. Verse 17, don't be foolish. Know what the will of the Lord is for your life. And that's not very difficult. Sometimes young people have a struggle in knowing what is the will of the Lord for my life. What is it? By bringing the truth of the Bible to bear upon our circumstances of my life, how do I discover what that is? By reading my Bible. It is his will for me that I live holy. It is his will that I live in purity. It is his will for me that I rejoice in the Lord. It is his will that I am thankful, that I live in gratitude, in contentedness. Verse 18, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. What are we going to use as a stimulant for being joyful and thankful? Should we be filled with wine to be joyful? No. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
speaking very clearly against overindulgence. Martin White Jones wrote about alcohol pharmacology. Alcohol is not a stimulant, but a depressant. It depresses first and foremost the highest centers of the brain, the centers that control everything that gives a man self-control, wisdom, understanding, discrimination, judgment, balance, the power to access, assess everything around him. In other words, it controls everything that makes a man behave at his very best and highest. What the Holy Spirit does is the exact opposite. The Holy Spirit stimulates our faculties, stirs our hearts, enables our minds, and directs our will. That is the difference. This is to me, in verse 18, the key verse to be filled with the Spirit. Not to be filled with alcohol, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. In verse 19, be filled with the Holy Spirit so that you will not only have the fruit of all these previous scriptures, but that you will be able, in verse 18, to speak to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. And it continues in verse 20, to give thanks always for all things unto God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We will always have times and seasons to perhaps not give thanks. But realizing through the Holy Spirit that everything that the Lord allows into our lives is a gift of love, though it be hard to bear at times. Knowing this, we give thanks always, always, constant for everything. Yes, for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. There were several churches in North Dakota that were being served by a mature old preacher. The people were always amazed, for no matter what the circumstances were, the preacher could always find something to be grateful for. He made his rounds one cold December morning, and he was late in getting to worship because of the excess snowdrifts. As he began to serve us with prayer, the parishioners were eager to see what the old preacher would come up with and to be thankful for today in that dreary, cold, drifty, cold morning. What is he going to say today? What is he going to find reason to be thankful for? And he said, Gracious Lord, he began prayer. Gracious Lord, we thank you that all days are not like today. We thank you that all days are not like today. And they certainly aren't. Not all days, not all bad days are the same. Here's another story about gratefulness. Back in 1988, a Polish railway worker named John Krzepski was hit by a train. He lived, but, he, but only barely. For the next 19 years, until the year 2007, Krzepski was in a coma. He awoke in 2007, finally, a whole, to a whole new world. 19 years earlier, Poland was a communist state. Kurzewski noted that back then, meat was rationed, and there was a huge lines at nearly every gas station. And there was only tea and vinegar in the shops. 
But 19 years later, he awoke to a free nation where he said there were people on the streets with cell phones and there were so many goods in the shop that it made my head spin. But something puzzled him. What amazes me is that all these people who walk around with their mobile phones and yet they never stop moaning and complaining. These people had freedom. They had food all they wanted. They had wealth all they wanted. Greater than Poland had had for decades. And yet, Grzebski woke from his coma to find that all they seemed to want to do was grumble and complain. Having everything at their heart's content, he saw they had lost the most important attribute, and that was thankfulness. And being thankful, we are content. Contentedness is a close cousin to thankful, thankfulness. A spirit-filled person will also be contented, will also be a contented person. I want to read a poem written by a young man. His name is Jason Lehman. He was merely 14 years old when he wrote this poem. It's very simple, but it's powerful. His relative young age is even more amazing when you read a poem and consider his perspective. It goes like this. It was spring, but it was summer I wanted, the warm days and the great outdoors. It was summer, but it was fall I wanted, the colorful leaves, the cool, dry air. It was fall, but it was winter I wanted, the beautiful snow and the joy of the holiday season. It was winter, but it was spring I wanted, the warmth and the blessings, blossom, blossoming of nature. I was a child but it was adulthood I wanted, the freedom, the respect. I was 20, but it was 30 I wanted, to be mature and sophisticated. I was middle-aged, but it was 20 I wanted, the youth and the free spirit. I was retired, but it was middle-aged I wanted, the presence of mind without limitations. My life was over, and I never got what I wanted. Blaise Pascal said, there is, there is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every man, and only God can fill it. There is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every man, and only God can fill it. In this season of Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up, godless men seem to be at their loneliest. Suicide hotlines are at their busiest. There isn't a man void only God can fill. When once he has filled it, we become truly fulfilled. Only then can a man be perpetually thankful every day. Genuine thankfulness is recognized in the faithfulness of God in the midst of our troubles that we belong to him. As this following song says it powerfully, it's a song written by Andre Crouch. It's called Through It All. Andre Crouch went through a lot in his life. In one year, he, he lost his mother and father and his sister. And then he was plagued with, with cancers, a number of cancers in his life that he overcame. And he finally passed away at 72. But this song is powerful. It's called Through It All. I've had many tears and sorrows. I've had questions for tomorrow. There's been times I didn't know right from wrong. But in every situation, God gave me 
blessed consolation that my trials come to only make me strong. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon his word. I've been to lots of places. I've seen a lot of faces. There's been times I felt so all alone. But in my lonely hours, yes, these precious lonely hours, Jesus lets me know that I was his own. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon his word. I thank God for the mountains and I thank him for the valleys. I thank him for the storms he brought me through. For if I'd never had a problem, I wouldn't know God could solve them. I'd never know what faith in God could do. Amen. Through it all, we realize that what a great God we serve. Through it all, we learn to be thankful in all things every day because God is in the midst of them and he is looking out for us as a loving father. If, if we are walking in his will. We cannot be held responsible for God if calamities fall upon us. If we are not walking in his will, if we're running away from God. And even then, God in his loving mercy sometimes grabs us and pulls us back. But not every person gets that opportunity. But if we are in the Lord, all things work together for good to us. If we are in the Lord. Through it all. May we be of the number of genuine, mature Christians that are marked for their thanks, thankfulness. Amen. <clears throat>